Hello everyone, welcome back to the SNC podcast. My name is Fala Shadi Anuzi. I hope we are all doing our best to stay safe and sane and well, especially with all that is going on in the world away from music, arts and entertainment because Lord knows that it is a lot. Also, happy new year. I know it's almost April and I say that with a lot of shame. I know it has also been a while, literally almost nine months since we released an episode and I definitely, definitely have some explaining to do. So the truth is I was working really long hours at my nine to five and it was challenging balancing that with the podcast. And towards the end of last year, I was also seriously ill. I had severe malaria and bacteria infection for like four weeks. It was crazy. I had so much dandruff on my hair, my hands were cracking, they were bleeding inside, I think um, the soles of my feet were peeling and cracking, it was terrible. It was like I had gone climbing um, mountains without shoes. But thankfully, I am much better and healthier and it's a new year and I am happy to be back in full swing, thank God for good health, hashtag no going back. Now, I definitely want to say thank you to everyone who checked in privately to find out if I was okay and what was going on with the podcast. Truly, truly appreciated. Now, finally, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for checking it out. A bit about the pod. Our goal here is to help unravel or would I say understand the inherently intriguing world of music, arts, and entertainment through insightful discussions with African artists, creatives, lawyers, music, and business executives. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, I hope you subscribe to the show. You can also send us an email to thesnc-show at gmail.com with feedback or thoughts on the show or who you'd like us to feature. Alrighty, on to why we are here. My guest for this episode, my first interview of 2022 is Clement Bonu, who is popularly known as DJ Clem. He's a talented music producer, songwriter, sound designer, and composer. He has worked with leading African artists and multinational brands, including Yemi Alade, WizKid, The Late Sound Sultan, MTN, Glow, Guinness, Mr. Bushi, to name a few. His celebrated works include the albums 6810 and Afro-Funky Disco Soul. He's also an alumnus of the prestigious Red Bull Music Academy. My conversation with him covered his journey into music production and sound design, the evolution of audio post-production in Nollywood, and his approach to scoring TV shows. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, DJ Kim. DJ Clem. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to finally be here. Yes, finally be here. And, you know, I was, I, w- I didn't share this with you, but I was going to say that, you know, you're one of the first producers that I reached out to when I first started the podcast. I, I remember. <laughs> you remember. And it was uh, a bit of a challenge with scheduling because you were super busy and I was going back to the States. And when you finally said you got back to me, I was like, oh, this is not going to work, you know. And yeah. it was really sad because I have known you for, like, known you on Twitter for, like, a really long time. So moral of the story is I'm happy 
that you're here. We've come full circle. And thank you for your time today. My pleasure. So, um, you're a father of four, right? Yeah. <laughs> Funny <Don't> story. <laughs> My brother has four children as well. So, don't worry. You're, you're <laughs> all of you are in good company. Ah, it's, it's surreal. How's that going? <sighs> well, um, at the risk of sounding anti-children yeah it can be hectic oh no 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 don't worry i had my nephew my um i had my nieces my niece and nephews for a day and um i love children but i told them that they are clearly crazy it's just not me that they're going to kill like i don't know how their mom my brother and his wife do that like four kids is crazy so i can't don't worry it's not anti-kids i you 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 want to know how we do it yeah slowly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slowly but but surely yeah like we just you know we get through each day mm-hmm. each day that you you know you get through parenting for really active yeah. kids without losing your mind it's it's a win you just yeah. chuck chuck it up yeah because it, it's interesting because you have two kids that are just like obviously how i experience in english you have one child it's child two and then you have twins yeah same as my brother Oh, he has really? yeah he has a, a boy a first boy and a girl and then he has two twins who are boys so they have three boys and one girl and i i, I have four girls but wow. i feel like i have four boys that's like amazing I literally feel like i have four boys yeah sometimes i'm like why no it's good i like, you know like what's the difference no it's oh, good girls they'll be so no. No, 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 no it's good i love girls that are like very tomboyish and active you need I, I mean it's good that to have the girly girls but it's nice to also have girls well, I, 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 I can definitely relate to that yeah I can definitely. well that's good I, I'm glad that you're here and you look you don't look worn out <laughs> <laughs> so moving from fatherhood obviously with the whole fuel situation diesel hike and electricity wahala is that is that affecting you are you one of the lucky few who's like ah, I don't have to worry about that. Nobody has lights, so it's no. it's, it's affecting me. Uh-huh. Thankfully, I, I I don't I don't have a diesel gen. Uh, we have one at the office. Mm-hmm. Quickly resurrected our petrol gen, so that you know we will not shoot ourselves. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's crazy, it's crazy. Like the average Nigerian is going through so much, so much. And here's the thing, no matter what level you are at eventually it gets to you there was a time when we would say that the extremely wealthy people were um, isolated from the majority of the challenges that the average nigerian faces but you look at this diesel situation for instance if you are relatively wealthy chances are you have a diesel generator at home and chances are your diesel bill has most likely doubled, if not tripled in the last year or so. If you don't have a diesel generator at home, which is very unlikely, you most likely have one at your place of business. Imagine somebody um, that has a chain of supermarkets, for hmm. instance. You know, there are, some, there are people that don't have the luxury of saying, you know what, we don't have to buy diesel. They have to if they are going to maintain the level of um, service or quality that their business or brand is known for. So, um, last, last, they don't they touch everybody. <laughs> and that's what, I think that that's what 
a lot of people who are in power don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's all well and good to say you can live in banana or whatever it is you think is luxurious or bougie, but at the end of the day, you're going to come out of the ro- come out onto the streets on the yeah. roads, and you're going to see people that are begging. You're going to see potholes, and I don't know how Nigerians don't really understand that you can be a millionaire, and if the country is dysfunctional, your money doesn't mean anything. You're better off being comfortable in a country that is sane and pe- it's working and everything. Like your money won't save you. It won't when, save you. When the chips are down. It really won't. I mean, some people shy. I can't say some people shy. It will. Because some people just jack by with their private jets. waiting to consign them, you know. Um, aviation squad. <laughs> I mean, but some people still can't. I get that. But some <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Some people can still afford it, though. So, you know, but it's it's been terrible. I can't, I can't even imagine. Um, but thank you for being because again, thank you for being here <laughs> <laughs> because I can't even imagine. So you're well known as a music producer, and you're obviously for, with your work with Nighthouse. But you also are a composer and sound designer. But before we get to your work as a sound designer, can you talk about how you got into music production? Um, I started writing songs when I was about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd always been very, very interested in music. I could sit down, dissect a piece of music. I could memorize parts. It was something that you know I was very passionate about. And then I started to pick up the keyboard as well. Somewhere along the line, I joined or formed a singing group with a bunch of guys in church and um, as I was the only person who could play the keyboard I kind of um, became like our producer and uh, I mean back then this was this was long well not long before but before the era of making beats on laptops so you you had to you know take a keyboard and a diskette and sequence and I remember our first studio session was in 2001 at Dolphin Studios, which interestingly is not in Dolphin Estate. Where is it at? It's in Surulere. I always, uh-huh. I, I never. Did they, what was the name? What's the, re, the behind the name? Do you know? Did they I have them? no idea, yeah. and I, I don't know if they're still functional. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I never got over it. So mm-hmm. um, this was like 2001. That was like my very first studio session, and from that point, I was, I was hooked. And then I got into university and um, we had this very long break between 100 level and 200 level. And during that break, I discovered um, Fruity Loops. I had known that, you know, there was making music on a computer. At that point, it was still, you know, out of my reach. But because of this long break, um, a bunch of us who had finished uh, secondary school together, we used to hang around a lot. And um, one of us had gotten into um, Flash. Flash was really big. Then this was like early 2000s. And Flash was like, is it Adobe? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then it was Macro Media Flash. <laughs> oh, wow. You don't I think. That. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think. And, um, uh-huh. So he introduced me to Fruity Loops. This was before it was called FL Studio. And he said, look, Clem, I know you're going to be good at this. And I remember that the very first time i opened fl studio the first thing i did was try and recreate crimea river uh, in principle I, yeah I, I think i got it in principle mm. was it crimea river or like i love you it was one of, one of those songs one from of JT. them yeah. i know i did both i can't remember which it was first but it was from then on it was you know that was all i wanted to do 
And then I went back to school. I had this really old Toshiba laptop that I got from my brother-in-law that I installed FL on. And I used to make beads and, you know, all the people that were interested in um, a career in music. This was Satellite Town in early 2000s. Yeah, all the Plantation know, Boys, all those. Sound Sultan. Yeah, rest in peace. So yeah. He was like our local legend. Like he, he had, you know, he had, he was blazing trail. So I went back to school and I was studying engineering, electrical engineering in the University of Ibadan. And um, I would make beats with my roommate's PC and um, started, you know, trying to make some sort of a name for myself in school. And um, funny thing, I had this classmate who rapped and um, he introduced me to this really young rapper guy who was yet to get into school. His name, believe it or not, was Effa Yawara. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, I knew Effa, I actually yeah. got to know Effa, when you say got to know again, Twitter knowing, through your um, Afro-funky, that's, that's how I got to know him. So. Yeah, I mean, our relationship wow. was like maybe eight years ago. That's, this wow. was like 2003. Go I'm ahead, in please. my room, mm -hmm. some guy knocks on my room door, opens and says, hi, um, Bolaji told me about you. My name is Effa, and I rap, and I heard that you make beats. So um, we started working together. We had this group called X Factor. Please, just... <laughs> can we never speak of this? And X Factor. We put out a few records in Ibadan, and we actually built quite a bit of buzz. So Effa did a couple of songs with Gabriel Afolayan, by the way. Um, we shared... He wow. was like two rooms away from me when I was in hundred level. He was he was doing his diploma when I was in hundred level. So by the time I was leaving UI, he was in his final year, I think. So we have a very good relationship from way back. So I left school. I had decided that I was going to do music full time. It was a um, very, very awkward conversation with my folks. I typical mean, Nigerian parents, I'm see, sure. Not typical, to be to be fair, because mm -hmm. I'm a last born. Uh, last born tend to get away with a lot of stuff. They do, they do. So my, my parents were kind of cool with it. My siblings, not so much. Cautiously optimistic. But I decided it was something I was going to do. So back around 2005, 2004, 2005, I was working with this gospel label called Testify Records. And um, two of the artists that they had signed were a young lady called So Kel. You'd probably know her as Kel. Now. Wow. Yeah, I was one of her first producers. That's amazing. And a duo called Seventh Seal. And one of the members of that duo was a young man called Godwin Tom. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. This yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Please continue. So, um, Kel was being managed by Osage. Metal, yeah. Yeah, Osage. We had a very great relationship. So after I'd finished school, you know, I'd come back to Lagos. Um, one of those days, I went to see Osage and we were talking. I was like, look, what's going on? I want to get into the industry. What's up? So she told me about Nighthouse and said, look, there's this um, label. They're looking for a producer. I don't know if you'd be interested. So I went to Nighthouse, I had a meeting, and um, the, the rest, rest is history, the rest as is they history. say. Like, literally, the rest is history. Yeah. And it's 
That's amazing. Everything uh, just popped off. And when you look back on your time with Nighthouse, what do you is there anything, is there anything that you miss? I kind of believe that Nighthouse was ahead of its time because there were a lot of things that we tried to do then. We see the industry started doing a few years ago and we're like we did that. You know, and so because I still have great relationships with all the guys, so it doesn't feel like Nighthouse is because mm-hmm. we all still work together. So yeah. for instance, Robba is one of the producers for Africa Magic's Venge and I'm scoring music mm-hmm. for Venge. So there's still that whole relationship. Yeah. Was managing Lake on and I produced like two out two songs on his album. That's that that whole definitely network never it's still there. Been. Yeah. What I do miss is being able to hang out at Fifty One Simpson Street. That was a vibe. That was it was like a hub. Everybody came. Everybody came there at some point. You know, some Friday evenings you'd have like ten, twenty people in the building. Wow. Everybody. So it, it was it was a time before um, this renaissance of record labels. I, I like where the industry has gone from there. Um, sometimes I I wish I had spent a bit more time. Mm. Why do you why 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 do you why do you feel like you wish I had spent more time? Because they're having fun now. <laughs> there's fun and there's plenty of fun. Yeah, but at least now you can sue people. Sure, sure. <laughs> And this is crazy. And sorry, of obviously this is not to spite anybody or to yeah. speak against anybody. I never signed anything for, for Hala Boy or Giddy Girl. Because I was going to say that fun fact <laughs> is that you are one of the co-producers behind um, Hala Boy. Yeah. So you never so you don't get royalties on it. Oh, no, I do. Okay. So it's is more of a byproduct of a completely different thing. Mm. So the company that happens to handle my music publishing have a deal with Sony ATV and Whiskey is a Sony ATV writer so it kind of made the whole process of getting um, get, getting my publishing for Halacho Boy and Giddy Girl sorted made it seamless yeah but I mean everything else that I produced it's was still undergoing the long hard process yeah. of um, normalizing all my publishing and all of that but yeah. i mean times have changed yeah i mean they ha- they like changed. yeah you know because time like you said and people now are more a bit more informed you yes. have lots of music producers who are talking about splits and all these different oh, things that, standard now. yeah it's like standard now they cause fights. <laughs> they cause fights. <laughs> serious serious fight well thank god for the growth now before we move on to you know sound design and composing i want to also talk about afro funky disco so <laughs> Well, I, was that the first time that I got to know about you? No, besides, you know, I, I when I say got to know, like, interacted with you on Twitter, I think that was from Afro Funky Disco, so I think so, I think so too. Um, because you released it for free. And I remember listening to this and I was like, wait, why? Why is this for free? Because I think at the time I was blogging for NigerianHipHop.net and I think we had gotten the press release mm. about, you know, whatever, whatever. So... Um, talk about Afro Funky Disco Soul. All right. Uh, okay. Just briefly. Okay, so first of all, before Afro Funky Disco Soul, there was 6810, yeah. yeah, which was like a direct consequence of my time at Rebel Music Academy. I'd been exposed to so much, you know, different music, especially, you know, the London scene. So, um, 
6810 was heavily influenced by that dubstep funky house you know it was it was basically a london <laughs> project i still have run one one on my phone i, just, I listen to when i go running <laughs> so yeah go ahead so um i sat down with the guys at night house and i was like okay so i want to do like a full length project and it was really ambitious i mean even if you look at afro funky disco so today um if you look at the people that were on that project you have whiskey you have yemi alade who was she, she wasn't the yemi alade at that point but i mean if you look at that project now I'm like oh my goodness this project had everybody you know it was it was extremely ambitious both in terms of the um variety of the music i pulled out all the stops like i went not everywhere but it was every song was different i think i feel very proud of the work that i did and i have to mention timmy gomez because he basically anr'd that project with me yeah, like he sat down with me yeah. and we would decide who goes on what a lot of times when the actual artist came through i wasn't in the studio so he would handle the session so i rem- i remember when whiskey came to record let the music play i wasn't in which was crazy but i i pride myself in 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 that project uh why was it free i think i was a bit naive on the other hand because i didn't have the resources i couldn't do the kind of promotion that a product a project like that would require because this was the era of alaba marketers I was about to just say that I was just about to say that. Yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and I knew that if I could have found the budget to do two videos one with whiskey and one with mocheda I, mean, I was good like somebody would have paid me 5 mil 5 mil or something <laughs> for that album mm-hmm. and yeah you know you look back and in hindsight with the experience that I have now I'm like okay um I could have done this differently and yeah it's it, it was a learning point for me i mean people have been harassing my life when are we going to get a sequel i don't know that a yeah. sequel will ever happen mostly because um one of the things that made afro funky disco so so great was the caliber of artists that were on the project not just in terms of variety but where they were in their trajectory as artists so soskid was an established hip hop icon at that point mm-hmm. whiskey and mocheda were rising stars like moha just won mtv mamas and channel o uh, awards whiskey was just about to drop his first album had like three banging singles like so it was a heavy project and i didn't spend a dime getting any of those people in the studio it was mostly just relationships so if we were to do afrofunky disco so today i imagine you would expect like a rema or a fireboy like that's the caliber of that would yeah be expected on that type of production otherwise i mean i've always been finding hidden talents and expose them kind of guy but today's industry just doesn't have room for that so um unless i'm planning to do another project that's just going to be a cult favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i i don't i don't have the time for that if i'm doing something right now it has to be something that is going to make me a ton of money 
because mm. of the amount of time and energy is going to take to yeah. curate and produce a project yeah. like that. No, and I think and also to be fair to be fair, at the time you released that album, Nigerians were hardly paying for stuff. Hardly. Exactly. So you now go and say, uh, "Come on, people, this you know, yeah." So I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm just saying that you know, it was such a great album that I wish it was able to be um, paid for. I think that's part of why I don't want to do a sequel mm. because I, I want to avoid the comparison. Yeah, because it's it's going to be nostalgia versus recency bias. I mean, but isn't that always going to be life though? Like people are always going to compare. You know, when you were ten years old to when you were like fifty, like just ridiculous comparisons. And that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always going to happen, you know. So if if it's something that you're you're considering, I'm totally as a fan. <laughs> I will definitely support and I, I get will. It. I will consider it. Now, what made you want to transition from strictly being a music producer to sound design? I don't know if it's even fair to say transition because, as you said, you still produce music for um, artists. So, would I say what made you want to add sound design to your repertoire as opposed to just being strict music producer? So, t- to be fair, I think you can say transition because there was a point when I actually did say that I was done. <laughs> I was done with the music industry, but I would say that it's providence. It wasn't like I sat down one day and said I want to be Hans Zimmer. I was very, very much focused on the music industry, but because of the kind of producer that I am, I'm extremely versatile. I can, as long as it's music, I'm able to wear different hats creatively. So um, during my time at Night House, I had done a lot of ad agency work. So I had gotten used to that whole workflow. I'd never done anything for film or TV, but... Um, the people that I lived with, my roommates, knew that, okay, this guy is versatile enough for basically anything. And um, one of them introduced me to a filmmaker and he was like, oh, um, I have this friend, he just shot a, a film and he's looking for somebody to score his film and I think that you can do it. And that was it. I think this was um, around 2014. And that was the first film that I scored. And I did the score, the sound design, final mix, everything. And I basically had to go and study how do you, you know, do audio post-production for a film. Yeah. So were you, were you on YouTube? Um, how do, or were you like going to people's, um, people that you knew who were already doing these types of things? Did you go and shadow them? I actually didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody personally who was doing this. So it was a lot of... YouTube wasn't even really the learning that resource it is that now. it is yeah. today. Yeah. YouTube then was mostly entertainment. Sure. But it was a lot of blogs and you know magazines and articles. And I started to learn as I went along. And um, from there, the work just kept coming. And it was just... It was mostly a product of relationships. You know, people I had met, people that had heard stuff that I had done, you know, and I just started to lean into it a bit more and get accustomed to the industry. And what also helped was a bunch of people that I knew from the music industry and from ad agencies had started transitioning into film and TV perfect example was um, Isioma Osaji. 
she was a friend of mine from when she worked at Hip TV. And then she started managing Adesua and Blossom. And then they made a movie. And she called me up one day and says, Clem, we've made this movie. We need somebody to score it. Can you do it? And I did. And that was like my second major film. What was Some, the movie? Something Wicked. Okay. This was in 2017, I mm. think. It came out in 2017. Okay. And... Um, Basically, it's it's just grown from there. Um, I haven't really, at least until now, I I never really like went all in into the whole audio post production thing. It was still very much. I was still very much, you know, testing the waters. Testing the waters. Um, so I wouldn't say I was actively working in film and TV. I would say I was moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> but now you would say that you're definitely... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely full. <laughs> I've been more skin in the game. Yeah. I've done, I've done feature film. I've done short film. Yeah. I've done documentary, episodic TV. Yeah, so just... And to I've finally done a telenovela. So exactly. I'm, so I've, I've, like, I've ticked every box now. <laughs> you have, you have. And just to give people an idea of some of the recent projects that you have worked on, just from a music perspective, you do, you worked on Gase Baba's A Decade After album, which just came out last month, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful album. Sorry? Beautiful, yeah, you produced everything by you, right? Yeah. Cool. You've also, you, you did the theme song for the Man Picking TV show. Yeah. You did the soundtrack for the digital rights film called Focus. Yes. You've also that done. That was fun. That, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. How was it fun? So it was fun because I liked the story. I loved the story. But I also loved what they wanted me to do with music. So, um, without giving away any spoilers, yeah. it's focus is about this guy that is disconnected from everything that is going on around him. And the way we wanted to portray that disconnect was that he was always listening to music. But because of the subject matter, what we said was we wanted it to be African music, but not Nigerian, not West African. So I had to go and Google like Swahili and stuff. And it was, it was, it was fun producing. That's amazing. That's really cool. I I was going to watch it yesterday, but I just got sidetracked that. So I'm going to definitely watch it today and give you my feedback because I know that it's something that people, from what I've seen, the reviews have been good. And I think really really good movie. If I I may say so myself. (laughs) Say so myself. You also, um, you did the, when I say the theme for AM Venge, no, sorry, not the theme. You score right AM yeah. Venge TV, which is the telenovela, right? Yeah. Okay. You've done writing and production of Big Money Famsi from Chief Daddy Two movie, the soundtrack. Yeah, that that was fun actually because I'm a very big fan of Famsi the character. <laughs> I, I like very I, elaborate. So um, I got an email from Isioma, and she says, "Okay, Clem, we're working on this film and." We need a song for Famsi. We need you to write and produce. So I had to basically put myself in character. And um, Fowles, he delivered. He, de- he delivered perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a really really good experience. That's great. He's also done score and sound design for Eddie F. Young's short film Fishbone. You did the score for Mr. Bo- Mr. Bushi's Nigeria's Drive Your Ambition campaign. Yeah. You did the score for Keystone Banks. Words are powerful. Yeah, are you? Did, did you? I did my homework, my brother. <laughs> I did my homework. 
You did the score for Kuda Banks. Kuda is the bank for you. Yeah. And you also did the music for some malaria drug with Brother Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't. And this is just this is just to name a few. These were just the ones that I wanted to to highlight. So, like you said, you have more skin in the game now, and you yeah. have you have soaked yourself in the holy water of it. <laughs> advertising film and tv yeah that's awesome now still sticking with your work as a composer and sound designer how do you go about deciding on what project or projects you want to work on when you're approached you're expecting me to say something really profound i actually i'm i'm just not really sure but hopefully (laughs) (laughs) to be honest a lot of times it is money (laughs) but it usually depends on how the conversation starts it's, it's like any other industry. There are people that, you know, the moment this person calls you, it doesn't matter. You're going to do it. So, for instance, for Fishbone, that, that was what happened. Isioma sent me. Yes, Isioma has... A lot of women have opened doors Look, for that's, me. Shout I, out to I, all... I, shout I, out to Isioma and all these amazing women that have just been in your life. Amazing. Babe, please go ahead. So, um, Isioma called me and said, Look, um, Editi is going to call you about scoring his film. He's somebody I had, you know, a, a huge amount of respect for with everything that Anako was doing. I had seen Up North. I loved it. So he calls me and says, okay, um, we have this film, short film. I think it was a Tuesday. And he says, but we need it done by Sunday. Can you do it? I didn't even think. I just, I just said yes. Yeah. You know, so can you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a great story. I loved it. And it was stressful. And obviously, if I had a bit more time, I might have elevated it even, you know, further. But so there's that set of people. There's the group of people that whenever they call me, whatever they are doing, I'm, 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 so one of the people on that list is anything Nisioma calls me for, I'm going to do it. Um, Tulua will be who was the guy the first person I scored the movie for um, what was the film that you did couple of days couple of days okay 2015 okay we've done like three three movies together since that one most recent being hide and seek came out in October last mm, year congratulations so um, there are people that you know they just call and I have that kind of relationship with them so that's the first group the second group of people is people who call me and have, you know, it's a great story, it's a great idea, you know, and I can't turn it down. And then the third set of people is the people that have plenty money and just say, <laughs> how much do you want yeah. to do this? And, yeah. you know, it, it might not be like the most amazing story or film or project in the world, but... Um, do you feel a type of way with those sets of people or just in general doing projects that (laughs) yeah okay so um there are times when i have to consciously separate myself from the work and say you know what at the end of the day it's a job you know a doctor doesn't get to pick um, his patients he can't say oh I, i only want to treat tall people all sorts of people come to a doctor and at some point or on some level I um, I treat my work that way so as a person of faith I have a lot there are reservations there so for instance there are some artists that I just won't work with because 
you know, that the connection won't be there. We're too far apart in terms of our belief system. I'm, I'm just not going to be able to work with you. And um, yeah, in the same way, when you look at, you know, film and TV, there's stuff, obviously, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm never going to do porn or anything like that. <laughs> I, I, it goes without saying, but I, I mean... Does it though? <laughs> <laughs> For the avoidance of doubt. <laughs> yes, go ahead, please. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the message is important. So, if there's a project that comes to me and um, maybe they might not have my regular budget, but it's a story that I connect with or a theme that I connect with, I'll do it. No questions asked. Okay. That's no, that's, that's fair. I just, you know, sometimes like you just see certain projects and you find out the people behind it and you're like, wow, the person that agreed to do this, like this is, you know, not the best, but um, it's just, I just want to get, I just, <laughs> wanted to get your perspective now you recently tweeted that there are two ways to score a 260 episode telenovela the first is to just build a huge bank of music and send to the editors the second is to send a much smaller bank and update it as the story develops believe it or not the second method is considerably more difficult now can you explain what makes the second method considerably more difficult and which method do you generally use when working on tv shows so with tv yeah generally um if if you're doing a tv series um, especially in this age of um, web series and streaming and everything you're most likely going to be doing 10 or 13 episodes or depending on you know how new this the show is your budget etc etc so if it's like an indie thing, you know, bootstrapped and everything, you might be doing maybe six episodes going straight to YouTube. So you have a very clear picture of the entire story. So you can factor that into the music that you're creating and tell a story from the beginning of the series to the end of the series. You can still do that with a 13-episode season of a tv show but with a 260 episode series this this thing is is going to run for a year so they are probably going to be shooting for months and the show is airing while they are still shooting so if you build this big huge bank of music what invariably happens because you have no control over how the music is used zero control you know the editors and um, the person doing the final mix tend to be the ones to pick the music what's going to happen is they're just going to make sure that the music is different for every episode but invariably they're going to run out of music and the music is not going to develop as the story develops yeah but when they have a limited when I say limited, it doesn't mean small. Yes, yes, limited. yes. So what, what has happened with Benji is that every maybe six, eight weeks, I get an email saying, oh, Clem, okay, I think we've we've reached the, the limits with this set of cues. We need um, 
these, 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 because this is the direction that the story is going. So you can then introduce new material, which builds more interest in the story, you know, because as the story is changing, the music you're hearing is changing. And if you, it's, why I say it's more difficult is because you have to come up with new material. But it has to be new material that somehow still connects. It's easier to just sit down and do it in one go if it's you're doing it for three weeks. But if you're coming back every two months to sit down for a week and write music for a show, it's it's tedious. Yeah. It's kinda like I don't, I don't know if you've seen this. It's um you know Roman Jawadi, the guy the the composer behind Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah. and he talked about the process having to create, you know, new themes for each character. For each character, for each, each new season. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I remember that, yeah. that interview. Yeah. And I remember when I tweeted this, the editor for Venge actually commented and said they much, much prefer my approach. Yeah. Well, that's good. I hope, you know, whoever is listening and, you know, wants to become a sound composer or, you know, designer or sound designer hears that and takes something from that because I think sometimes you may hear certain things and you don't really understand why that decision has been taken. But thank you for shedding more light on that. Now, before we kind of get in close to the end of the interview, I want to ask you, what is behind your daily hashtag, put God first? It's mostly a reminder for me. Um, it's a reminder for me to never um, lose sight of what's most important for me, and to it. So it guides all my interactions. It guides all my interactions. It reminds me that I'm representing God in that space. I just, I it's, it's it has become an indelible part of my routine. Yeah. May the Lord continue to help you Amen. do that. Because <laughs> the world is hard. Now, a couple of more questions uh, that I want to talk about is some of the challenges that you have faced with mm. clients. <laughs> and oh. I know that it's not just you. There are plenty, plenty people who have dealt with these challenges. Now, you've talked about challenges with clients owing you. And in your case, it was you said it was 16 months. Um, you said, not you, we've also heard about numerous stories of, like you said on Twitter, every third business day, <laughs> there's one story or the other. <laughs> uh, we've also heard numerous stories of some producers in the Nollywood industry not wanting to pay their audio post-production team. And in your case, again, they were offering you money for scoring a 60-second commercial and telling you to do that for a two-hour film feature. Now, my question is, do you think that these people doing these things, they intentionally do it or it's because they don't know any better? So it is yes and no. Yes and no. And to be fair to to them, it's a bit more nuanced than that. So industries have standard practice and they have budgets and they have stages of maturity. So the advertising agency is in Nigeria is we could say it's mature in terms of you know the, the money that gets thrown around you know the timelines it's it's very structured advertising in Nigeria is big business so it makes sense that the people with the most money to pay for creatives are the ad guys because brands are consistently trying to outperform 
their rivals. That means trying to hire the best creative talent. That means spending more money. It's valid. On the other hand, the music industry, especially, let's say, like 10 years ago, was being bootstrapped. There was nobody invest. Nobody was... Banks weren't giving you money to start a record label. You understand? And, the, like, there wasn't a vibrant market for it. People weren't buying music. So it made sense that the money wasn't really there to pay producers. And what happened was producers were being offered, you know, percentage deals. Yeah. Or, you know, they're being hired as staff. You get So I get that. And we worked with that reality. So I always knew that, oh, I was probably going to get paid more for doing a jingle, depending on who the jingle was for than for producing a song. And it's the same with film. Yes, Nollywood is doing great in terms of volume, but in terms of quality um, compared to like the internationally approved standards, we are way, 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 way behind. And one of the reasons why people have even started to take audio post-production seriously at all is because of the rise of streaming you know, we could get away with it with our stuff that was going straight to DVD or going to Africa Magic and, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. But Netflix, Amazon, all these guys have very strict QC when it comes to their audio. They will give you notes and notes and, you know, your levels have to be perfect. And they have to pay people to do these things. And Believe it or not, there aren't that many people that know how to do these things. So the industry is transitioning from, it's been a really annoyingly long transition, but let's, let's, let's say that the industry is transitioning from a time when they would pay one guy to just play keyboard on their film and burn a CD to a time where realistically you are paying a team of people to do different things and which is you know one of the problems that you know we're still having in Hollywood people have this idea that it's the sound guy we see evidence of it in in the way that um and sorry I'm digressing a bit in the way that we see categories as our our words so for instance, you know, there's somebody that's doing the score. There's somebody that's editing sound. There's somebody that recorded the sound on location. And several times, somebody still complained about this this morning on Instagram that the person that edited sound for the film was not credited as the sound editor at the AMVCs. It was the guy that recorded sound on sets who had literally nothing to do with the final sound output. And it's a reflection of both the value that the producers placed on, you know, this critical aspect of filmmaking and, you know, the state of the industry as a whole, you know. But because of the development, because of the development that players like Netflix have forced on the industry, are starting to take these things more seriously 
we're starting to see that the budgets expand a bit, which is great. I know that the amounts of money I'm able to charge now, I couldn't have dreamed of it two years, three years ago. And it was not just because I was starting out. It was generally, yeah, you know, that, was, that was like the standard. But we're at a point where you can now, okay, somebody comes to you that they want to do audio post for a film and they want score and they want sound design, final mix, dialogue editing. Yeah, in a place where you can be talking seven figures and the person not going to say, ah, are you mad? The person is going to say, oh, okay, I don't have that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a bulk. Yeah, yeah. They're not bulking at figures anymore because there are several people giving them, you know, bills like that. Yeah. One of the things I'm hoping is that more people who are just passionate about music and sound in general start to find their way into music for film and TV. Because there's this erroneous belief that the only way to make make it and make money, you know, is to be a music producer and produce for a big name artist and blow. And yes, the truth is a lot of people actually just want they want fame. I've never been crazy about fame. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to get paid for what I'm doing. I'm passionate about film and filmmaking. So even beyond working on the post side of things, I like to be on set. I like that whole process. And there are a lot of people out there who probably feel the same way, but feel like their only path is the music industry. And that's just not true. Like there's... Music has become part of basically every creative yeah. endeavor yeah. music and sound and we can never have enough professionals in yeah, that field that's true now do, what do you think is the solution to the problem because you talked about the fact that okay we need more people who are passionate about sound design and composing but if the people that are in charge let's say the directors or the producers are not informed maybe they are doing the film based on passion and vibes but education is lacking so is it is the solution education? Is it fasting and prayer? And I say fasting and prayer because I feel like a lot of times there's this demonic behavior in us that <laughs> we see something good for our brothers and sisters and we don't want to do it. But when we go outside, yeah, we're, we're, we're willing to roll on the floor, rababa, and be given to other people. Is the solution legislation? Is it unions? Or is it all of the above? I would say that it's kind of like an all of the above type situation though i would also say that there are things that sort themselves out as structure is introduced so like i mentioned earlier the whole audio post-production people taking it seriously has been forced because if you want your film to go to netflix there are only certain people you can approach or you can decide to waste your money and give it to sule that lives opposite your house shout out to sule that lives <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know. It's if okay. there's anybody named Sue, it's, it's not personal. It's not personal. So those um, situations will fix themselves. If you don't want your film on Netflix, by all means, do your sound yourself. Get royalty-free tracks from YouTube and slap them on your film. You know, and let the volume be whatever the volume is, and you, the audience, will decide. But if you are going to get your stuff on curated platforms, you are going to be forced to do um, due diligence. 
And the side effect of that is that the ecosystem becomes larger because as more people take their films, the demand for this service will increase. Yeah. As the demand increases, two things will happen. The people that are more experienced will charge more, which means that they'll price themselves out of a lot of projects. And as a result, there will be a vacuum that will need to be filled by newer people who are open to lower budgets. And that's how every industry is built. Yeah, so yeah. that part of it will sort itself out. There's the place of unions, but um, as a country, I, I don't think that unions solve anything. I don't. Mm. I, I, I don't think that unions solve anything. So I mean, look at us. Case in point. Because the way we view politics in Nigeria is so, is so warped. And our general approach to any sort of collective activity is, is just one, is somehow. So I don't, I don't know that unions will fix this. Because, I mean, look at what happened with the airlines yeah. some weeks ago. They, yeah. just, they had a meeting and decided that, you know, we're, we're all increasing. Bro, I had to pay 50 kids. I, <laughs> I was crying as I was paying to go. Because <laughs> I had to go for family friends who were in Abuja. And I was like, wait, what? 100K just to go to Abuja? Like, but please carry on. So unions, not necessarily. Legislation, similar problem. Legislation isn't really fixing anything for the every for the common man because we have an enforcement issue until we solve issues with the judiciary and the police legislation for anything is not really going to help even though you know it gives you you know you can now threaten somebody to take them to court because there's legal backing for it but even if, assuming that you sue the person yeah. and then you can now be in court for the next four years, yeah. nobody has that stress. I think fasting and prayer is... I was about to say, it'd be like fasting and prayer is the... It's a, it's, a <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid solution. It's a valid solution you know? because some people's problem is spiritual. You, <laughs> you will not really, I swear. When I was coming up with this question, I was just laughing and cracking up because I was like... I can tell you that fasting and prayer is going to be what he what, what we eventually agree on because <laughs> you think that, like you said, unions, mm, legislation, mm, you know, like I don't know. Anyway, I'm tired of this country sometimes because it just breaks your heart. It does. You look at people going to be at home for so long. University students going to be at home for this long, and you know, I don't. I always don't want to rant on this podcast because it's about you, the guest. Mm. So <laughs> let me just carry on. <laughs> All right, final question before we move on to the fun random question is, are there any plans to delve into music composition for video games? So video games, yeah. I have always been a fan of video games. Um, I'm not as much of a gamer as I used to be because work and fatherhood sucks, really sucks. Yeah. Like even what small, games did you used to play? You even should. the small FIFA that I used to play in my spare time. <laughs> You don't go. Don't go. I said children are just the worst. <laughs> like I, I, gotta love like them I because where do, first of all, where do you want to find the time and energy to sit down and play anything? Yeah. You get so I, I definitely miss that. I, I, I will probably try and rediscover the gamer in me. But I'm I'm I, I really am interested in video games. We have a vibrant gaming com- community here in Nigeria. 
but we don't have a vibrant game development yeah. Yeah. community yet. I know that there are people that are interested in the space, and when that time comes, I'm all for it. I have actually started looking into audio and music for games. Like, um, it's something that I'm researching about, and um, God willing, I yeah. will eventually see my music in yeah. games. Okay, that's good. Looking forward to that because I, mm. I'm, I'm someone who loves video games as well, um, but just because i know how i get carried away i don't play video games like i literally like when i was younger minor brag i was the first person in my house to um finish you know this um what is it called metal gear solid mgs ah. i was the first person like i used to play crash bandicoot i used to play what ah, else did i like say original ps like yeah PS1. yeah yeah <laughs> i know yeah, and, oh my god so now i was like if i i know that because i really like the sims and whenever I play, I just, yeah. So the video games and myself, we just, I just, I look at all the video games I have at home here and both in the States. I just like, I just leave them because I'm like, I know if I start, I'll never finish. So more power, looking forward to all the things you're going to do with that. Now let's get on to the fun random questions. So the first question is, you can only choose one as a gift. Okay. The first is a Mont Blanc pen, a one year paid premium plus subscription to Audible or bang and olufsen noise cancelling headphones that's uh, bang and olufsen <laughs> yeah. i can't I, I i'll take the headphones and then pay for disruption yeah. subscription is cheaper than the headphones, and headphones. Take the headphones. <laughs> you take the headphones <laughs> <laughs> okay all right second question is which of the following african countries would you love to live in for a year if you had the option the options you have are madagascar djibouti Seychelles, is this Seychelles? I think it's Seychelles. Seychelles, Seychelles, C- Seychelles, or Mauritius. Huh. Okay. So, because there seems to be a general anti-Nigerian sentiment on the continent, I would say that it would probably be Madagascar. Seems like the least. Anti. <laughs> <laughs> seems like the least antagonistic of the four. Yeah. Um, okay. Definitely no seizures. Third question is, what was the last album you listened to and what was your favorite song on the album? <sighs> ah, I'm about to cast myself. <laughs> the last album mm-hmm. like I listened to from start to finish. I haven't listened to an album. Okay, let, okay let's just do EP then. You EP. <laughs> I, I don't think I've listened to an actual body of work from mm. start to finish in the last maybe six months to one year mm, like good. i just i got the solution because they are they are new they are new projects every friday now it's hard to give up and uh, yes I, I i sound old there was a time when albums were an event like you when is the next mi album like we used to get albums like every you would get an album from an artist like every f- four years or something some people are putting out projects every six months now like there's the need to be relevant is crazy yeah and um so for the consumer yes yeah kind of overloaded with content and um so let's go what was the last song the last song that i heard and you really really liked that i really really liked olamide and waniko hates me okay I, I really liked the the whole MJ vibe. Mm. It was so for me. I'm a, I'm a big one, the core fan. Like 
he's not anybody's mate. And I feel like people don't get that. Mm. So mm. Every once in a while, <laughs> when he changes it for us, yeah. I reminds people yeah. that I'm not, I'm not your mate. <laughs> you love to see it, you get. You know, it was one of those songs. Fourth question is, what was the last movie you watched? Last movie? Yeah. Actual movie. Mm-hmm. The Adam Project. Oh, oh, and what was your review? Loved it. Really? Absolutely loved it. So Ryan was um awesome? I mean, Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he has gotten to that place in Hollywood where you just play yourself. Yeah, yeah. There are a few of them. Like the that. Rock. There's him, The Rock, to an extent Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> He's, he's just the angry black man. <laughs> angry old black man now. Uh, yeah. Now, final question. You have the opportunity to learn or work with one of the following composers for six months. Who are you choosing and why? We have Steve Jablonski. We have Trent Reznor. We have Brian Tyler or Hans Zimmer. So, it's, this is it's kind of simple. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, because they are all his students. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Trent was um, handsome as new Trent was an artist. That, oh, uh, yeah. oh, okay. It's Trevor Morris that's... Yeah. That, that's, uh, so Trent is not, yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that after such a long time, he is able to do something completely new with the film. I mean, look at, look at Dune. Oh, I haven't seen Dune, so, but I heard that's good. But I haven't seen it either. But, but you've heard, heard the new music. Like, he's able to still... Obviously, it comes with having the budgets that he's giving. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not I'm not going to ignore that very, very yeah, obvious yeah. part. So he can afford to hire whoever he wants to crystallize whatever idea he has. But the fact that he's willing to go there, the other person that i am a fan of is junkie xl okay okay yeah 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 what's his the, uh, i know him Tom as a, yes yes yeah. exactly because Tom Hulkenberg, that's because true. of his approach as well him and hans are like two sides of a coin and then i'm a very big fan of um ramin i mean I, I, like i absolutely loved the music for game of thrones yeah it's, it's have you seen um what's this movie eternals yeah yeah you, you know he did the, you know he did the music for eternals ah, yeah, yeah i i i wasn't crazy about movie but yeah it's, it's <laughs> okay i love you guys i don't know i like the movie no i, I liked it yeah I, no no no. i must say that you didn't like it I, but i just wasn't like it, it's it's no infinity war that's that's what that. i'm saying that all of you that have this maybe, maybe i should have gone in with you know i should have lowered my expectations but well, i don't think it's about lowering expectations so i just feel like it's a different kind of movie you know but all of you with your infinity war I feel, I feel like it should have been a limited series everybody keeps saying that because i mean there, there was just too much information to cram into a two-hour film like it would have been good to watch a bit of some of the story true yes over time i do as agree opposed to so that, yeah, that's true that's true okay that's cool that's cool all right dj clam any final words or projects that you'd like to plug before we wrap it up Final words or projects. What I'm 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 working on quite a number of things right now. A couple of movies. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about them, so I'll That's just fine. Yep. say a couple of movies and when the time is right. Uh, we hear it when we hear it. Hear it when you hear it. <laughs> Music. Um, I'm doing some stuff with FR actually. Oh, that's we're, cool. We're working on a joint project, 
which will be out sometime this year. It's always good to work with Efa. He has his he has such a great vibe. Should definitely speak to him. And um yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. My I pleasure. had a pleasure it's talking been, with it's, you. It's been awesome. Thank it's you. Awesome. This episode is edited and produced by Fola Shade Anosie. Theme song for the pod is by John Akinola. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and leave us a comment on iTunes and Spotify. It really, really makes a difference and helps the show get discovered. The podcast is also available on Podbean, AudioMac, Google Podcast, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for T-H-E-S-N-C Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for listening.